Actually putting us on the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Shannon Show podcast. I'm your host, as always, Shannon Hyde. And today, oh boy, do we have a good one. Returning to the podcast is the co-host of the original Shammy Awards and my former co-captain from the Kubasaki baseball days, Sammy Williamson, back on the podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Always a pleasure having you on the pod. And joining us today is the 2018 Pacific South Teacher of the Year. One of the legends, and I mean absolute legends from the halls of Kubasaki. Joining us from Bahrain, Miss Erica Wooten is on the podcast. How are you? I'm great, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I'm really, really excited for this one. I mean, anytime we get to talk to a Dodea teacher, especially a former teacher, especially Sammy's former Spanish teacher. I mean, how exciting is this, guys? I mean, with all the foreign language that Sammy absorbed from your classroom, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of uh, <laughs> quality questions here. Um, I First of all, I, I want to start with a little bit of your background, because when I was doing research for this podcast, and when I say research, that usually just means online stalking, just so everyone knows. Oh, uh, quality. Well, Quality. I mean, what, what are we going to do? I saw that you actually had a military kid background of yourself. And this being the best military kids podcast, I would be greatly mistaken if I didn't ask you a little bit about your military kid upbringing. So what branch was your family a part of? And what was that like for you? Well, um, my family is Navy and my family gotcha. has been Navy for a, a long time. Like my mom, my dad, mm-hmm. my mom's mom and dad, my dad's mom and dad, all oh. my brother, all Navy. Goes backwards. Um, yes, it does. Uh, my, <laughs> my grandmothers, both my grandmothers were waves in World War II and um, my, my granddad was a career uh, 35 years in the Navy and um, both my parents retired with over 20 years. My dad's a retired mm-hmm. helicopter pilot and my mom was an Intel officer and my brother um, worked in, he was, he was in the Navy. He did Navy ROTC in college and then mm-hmm. um, did about four years. Um, and I was like, I want to be a music teacher. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? Don't you want to go to the Academy and follow in the family footsteps? And no. <laughs> Wasn't for you? No. No, no. But but I knew that I wanted to keep that lifestyle. I knew mm-hmm. um, because, because it was very positive for me. Growing up in a military yeah. family was an extremely positive experience. And I loved it. And I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to give back to that community. I, want, I knew that I wanted to remain a part of that community. And that it, it worked out beautifully. Uh, I got to, yeah. uh, I got to student teach at Ramstein and I got to teach uh, K2 mm-hmm. music in the morning and high school choir in the afternoon. And then I got picked up for Seoul, South Korea as my very first job out of college. And mm-hmm. so I've been teaching with Dodea for 17 years. Oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's really cool. You, so you've been a, all over the place a little bit. Um mm-hmm. You said that your military upbringing was a mostly positive experience, and a lot of people have like mixed feelings about that because that usually comes with a lot of moving and you know the deployments. What was there anything that was notably difficult for you, and why do you see it as an overall positive? Well, I think because 
of the multi-generations of military family and military mm -hmm. history, um, my family understood how to support each other and how yeah. to make it work. So when my dad had six month deployments, when we were in Hawaii, my mom's parents came and stayed with us and helped. Gotcha. And when, um, when he, when he had longer tours or when things like my mom went into the reserves, uh, after my brother was born, um, so that she could spend a little more time as a, as a parent instead of a yeah. full-time active duty military woman. Um, so that, but, but doing that, she had two weeks of, uh, required service every year. And that mm -hmm. was a little challenging for my dad. So, you know, family came in and helped with that, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, that's the thing. Once it's such a family atmosphere and genuinely people who are in the military family community understand that it takes a lot mm -hmm. to, to be successful and to, to survive. And so people yeah. are so willing to help each other and to kind of build family, you know, wherever you are and almost automatically, there are people willing to help anyone, you know, just at the drop of a hat, how can we help? Let me help you settle in yeah. that type of thing. So that's, that's why it's been a positive experience because it is genuinely a huge family anywhere you go. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. The amount of support that you can find when people know your military family, Sammy, is that something that you experienced? Did you find a lot of support uh, within your own family or outside of it growing up? Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, my grandma was always coming over. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, well, my dad, when my dad was with special forces, he was gone like 300 days out of the year. So Corp, he, Corp. uh, yeah, Corb Corb done a lot, and um, no, it it was just we would space back from Okinawa when we lived there the first mm -hmm. time, and we would go to Colorado, and we would we would just find easy ways to go and connect. Neighbors were were always incredible yeah. because it would they they would always like flip rotations. So, uh, one month out of the year, my neighbor's husband was gone, and then yeah, we just. Mm -hmm. It was it was easy to find support in the communities, no matter like the branch, no matter. Yeah, it was just and even yeah. at school, it was easy to connect with the students. And that's why, you know, transferring from a public school to um, a military school, it's a little easier to, you know, connect out and reach out with the students there. Mm -hmm. Just people helping people, man. It's a great thing. People to hear. helping people. It's, it's a great thing. As it gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, Ms. Wooten, this may seem a little little obvious because you grew up in the military community, but did did that help you as a Dodea teacher? Did you want to, like, be supportive for military kids? Was that one of the driving factors in what you wanted to do? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think even having a little bit of reverse culture shock, um, my dad retired mm -hmm. from the Navy um, when I was starting middle school, which is awkward time for anyone certainly hell um, <laughs> but, um but i i remember you know i had lived in i had lived in so many different states i had done tours in italy and that's mm -hmm. when we retired wow. we were in italy and i came back to middle school in the united states where um in that community everyone had been together since kindergarten right and here i was like I just returned from Italy huh? <laughs> and I'm a military kid. Ooh, and I and like I'm music. Yeah. And I like, yes. What, what do I you like people do here? <laughs> and that, and it was, it was awkward. It was, and it was uncomfortable because I, everyone else I had encountered my entire school career 
knew mm-hmm. that lifestyle, had that lifestyle, had cool stories to tell as well. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these kids hadn't ever left the state that they were born in. So almost like at that point, I was like, oh, nope, that this isn't for me. <laughs> but um, I think having that experience and growing up in that military household mm-hmm. really pushed me towards wanting to return to that and being able to make connections with kids because I've lived that, but I've also been on the other side of it where Mm -hmm. you are in Bahrain. There are a lot of kids who are having their first and Okinawa as well. They're having their first overseas tour and they're encountering a lot of kids who have already done this and, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're career military kids. They know what it's like. And so it's nice to be able to, connect with the kids who know what it's all about and Mm -hmm. the kids who are trying it on for the first time and seeing how it goes. So, right. And this is jumping ahead a little bit, but do you, do you think that those kids are supporting each other? Well, do you think it's a mix that, that works well having some more experienced kids and some kids who haven't done it as much? I think now it is, I think Mm -hmm. because teachers are um, especially teachers here and in the, in the Dodeo world, we're, you know, we're counseled more to be alert and aware of how kids are fitting in how they are reacting and how, uh, how they're getting along. And I think in, in Bahrain, it's, it's very, very different because we have a dorm of students who are not Dodea kids. They are shipped from their families in Saudi Arabia to come to a Dodea school. So we have, we have military career military kids. We have kids who've never been overseas and now they're in the Middle mm-hmm. East. And we have students from Saudi Arabia who and live they're living in a dorm. Campus. Yes. Who oh live my goodness. In a dorm on I've never heard of this. Oil money. <laughs> yeah, <Whoa. yes. laughs> it's, it, it's, uh, don't quote me on this, but it's about $26,000 a year in tuition for kids to yeah. come to a Chump change for. Some people uh, Saudi Arabia. It's it's really it's really interesting, but it's a really interesting mix of people. But mm. you you have teachers who know that we we, we got to get this, we got to get mm-hmm. the the relationships yeah. built quickly, and so that we can progress together and and do good things. So that I think having all the teachers with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, obviously, not all not all teachers are on board to help at all. But yeah. Um, you know, I think trying to trying to highlight the positive people who you know. Yeah, want absolutely. To yeah, it. there's. <laughs> I I talk about it all the time on on the podcast and as well. With Sammy mm-hmm. is just the uh, the difference in Dodea teachers. It seems like there's so many like amazing ones, and there's so many ones who you know don't necessarily buy into that as much. Which I I'm not. I we're getting into. I don't need to be calling out teachers here. That is not what we're doing on this podcast. I've never done that, by the way, not once. Um, no, no, not at all. No, never. <laughs> um, but I just, I think it's really interesting though, from a Dodeus teacher perspective is you kind of have the extra responsibility to do that. And whereas a public school teacher, they may never feel the need or the desire to really get involved and make sure that your student group is uh, getting along together, fitting in well. So is that, I mean, that's just a whole nother, because you're already trying to teach. I mean, you have other responsibilities yeah. as, as a teacher, as it is. So is that is that a challenge that you look forward to or is it just you know just part of your job to, to me it, it's not a yeah. challenge anymore it's part of the game it's exactly yeah. what i need to do and mm-hmm. i and from a music standpoint 
we're not going to make music together unless we start bonding immediately. Right. We're not going to be able mm-hmm. to produce quality work. We're not going to be able to learn from each other and grow unless yeah. kind of get over that initial, who are you? What is this kind of hump? What's going and, on? Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Why am I here? You know, <laughs> you just gotta, we got to bond and, and move uh-huh. quickly. Um, otherwise it's just, you know, it's not going to be a quality experience for the kids and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not in this job for anything but that I'm I'm here for my students and I want them to have a quality experience and a quality education. So you got to do as much as you can quickly so that Mm -hmm. that can progress at a, at a good rate. Right. Speaking of quality experience for the students, Sammy, you had a really quality experience uh, in Ms. Wooten's classroom from what I understand, not only in Spanish, but you took a little bit of music appreciation. Is that right? Yeah, I, I I did. I wow, I, I learned how to appreciate <laughs> music like nobody's business. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Oh what yeah, kind of the music song we made with Brenna. Oh yeah, no, we, yeah, we I I forget what the uh, the the system we used, but it was just Ableton. learning how to make music. Yeah, just standard like you working with like eight oh eight beats and whatnot. Um, wonderful the full producer I I don't know it was actually pretty cool like looking back at it now like I was I was watching more hockey than I was actually producing beats in class (laughs) it was pretty cool we uh we did this one we did like the the song of the week or whatever everybody presented a song of the week and you know you just grow to appreciate everybody's you know likings and getting uh Mm -hmm. getting a new you know, taste of what everybody's listening to. You know, there yeah. was, we had the, some of the Japanese kids in the class listening to the, uh, or yeah, what it, K-pop over there or whatnot. Yeah. Well, that's J-pop, K-pop, K-pop. Like J-pop. Sure. Yeah. All that. Yeah. But, and then I, I think I was the only one who ever played country music in the class. So, you know, it is what it is, but it was a lot of fun and Spanish, Spanish. Oh my gosh. I, well, I, uh, I spoke a lot. Of, I, I took all three years and then my first year of high school, um, well, all three years of middle school and then my first year of high school, I took Spanish and my mom really wanted me to stay into it. It's funny because I took, I, I, I ended up taking it through my junior year and I don't remember a darn thing now, <laughs> but, and it's, I passed my AP Spanish exam. Actually, I'll have you know that, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't remember a thing because I stopped, I stopped speaking it for like a year and a half, but no, it was a lot of fun um talking baseball learning spanish and then just you know having a real teacher that that's one thing that miss wooten was cool for she was just she was more so like the college professors i have now where you I totally could, agree yeah i never had her but you, similar vibes yeah you mm-hmm. you could you could just have a general conversation with her you could talk about life you mm-hmm. could you know if you were having a bad day, we had more bad days than we probably should have as a class, but just, you know, <laughs> it, what are, I, I forget what we had. I don't know, but um, it was just, it was just a good time. It was, it was like how school should be and how, you know, more teachers are, I see like evolving, especially with what we just came out of with the pandemic and what we're still working on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just real people, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's that's really important because I think a lot of high school teachers, they kind of portray college as something that it's just totally not. I'm not sure if it's like an age thing, but yeah. it's really you have a lot of yeah. personable experiences with professors, I've realized. Like you talk to them mm-hmm. and it's just it's totally different from that that power dynamic in a traditional high school classroom where you all sit in rows and you're just doing textbook work oh, yeah. for 90 minutes. 
it's 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 just much different. Is that something that you wanted to change, Miss Wooten, whenever you got into high school classrooms? Um, I I just I just wanted it to, and and the way I've always felt about it is that I mm-hmm. you know what, what's going to be best for kids, what what's going to be yeah. best for them to learn, what's going to make them most comfortable, what's going to make them most yeah. eager to learn. And Sammy, I'm t- I'm going to totally tell a story right now. Please. Um, <laughs> Poor, poor sweet Sammy had his heart broken um, when we, in in Spanish, and the, I didn't have my heart broken. That's I just, think oh, I heard okay. parts of the story. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. It seems like he was mm-hmm. pretty upset. We'll, we'll go with he was upset, and, mm-hmm. and the young lady in question was in the classroom. And of course, this happened to be like the day where I'm like, let's learn how to salsa before prom. Oh, Woo! Right. <laughs> God. And of course, the two people, two people left in the class were Sammy and this girl. And yeah. I was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Sammy, <laughs> what? Let's dance. <laughs> yeah, it was all a fugaze, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. And then, uh, and then out of that, I mean, like, that's the thing about having a, a quality rapport with your students and, mm-hmm. and, understanding them in and outside of the academic arena is yeah. huge. I think, um, and, and, and like, I, I, I think because Sammy, because, because Sammy trusted me, like mm-hmm. I could read between the lines of what was going on and how uncomfortable that was for him. I probably mm-hmm. made it a thousand times more uncomfortable, but it, no, it was awesome. Of- <laughs> 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 okay. good. <laughs> But uh, but then you know like the 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 ripple effect of that afterwards and and how the end of the year ended for Sammy and his love life was it was great and then you know like um, Hallmark movie yes like a Hallmark beautiful movie. thing <laughs> baseball on the side but that's yeah. the other part whoa so shouldn't cool. be on the side oh well, yeah. <laughs> not a coach or anything but uh, but that's but that's the other cool thing is that when you as a teacher, when you accept the full picture of your student and mm-hmm. you support the full picture of your student, there's, you know, people, people want to be around that. People want to learn in mm-hmm. that, in that setting. So going to the baseball games and supporting the team and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you know, like chaperoning prom and, you know, just going to, going to the drama productions mm-hmm. or just, you know, encouraging students in all of their academic and non-academic pursuits, you know, extra quality, yeah. extracurricular pursuits. That's, that's yes. what it's all about. You know, like this yeah. is, we're, we're, we're all people. We're all trying to, to grow and learn and, and figure life out. So why not be real and, mm-hmm. and, and let things happen and, and roll with it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, Sammy. Well, he, let me tell you, he was very excited after that day in class. He could not wait to tell everybody about his salsa experience <laughs> on the baseball field. It was a fun day. Um, oh, I bet. He, oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so, well, what do you think? I don't. I know this isn't you, and you don't have to speculate if you don't want to. But what do you think keeps other teachers from buying into that perspective? Then, like, what, what do you think keeps them from like really getting to know their students? And what keeps them, you know, just standing at the the podium all all class? Like, do they just not want to make that connection, or are they they intimidated by it? What do you think it is? I for some people, I think that it's uh, they don't this is going to sound a little harsh, but I don't think they have the emotional capacity. Like right. I, 
like they they have so much going on within them and within their own personal life that taking mm-hmm. on the other like taking on the cares of the students is is too much for them yeah um i think i've run into a lot of teachers who are like you know they're they're here because dodea affords them a, a fairly a very very good lifestyle for a teacher honestly yes. um, and and they're here for that and mm-hmm. they're locking we call them lock and leaves they're you have a word for it. We, yes, thank you. I didn't know there was a word for it. I was I was dying to lock find the word. Leave. Lock yeah. and leave. There it is. Lock and leaves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lock it up. Leave it there, and and uh, only deal with it when you have to be in the building during your duty hours. Mm-hmm. But that's I, yeah. That, that that and and I understand people. You know, we we all have. You know, we want to keep our personal life as private yeah. as you want, but it's it. I think it ruins people's, I don't think boundaries are wrong, but I think mm-hmm. uh, closing yourself off to that uh, will definitely dampers progress in the classroom and, um, and with your students. And yeah. I think, I think another thing is that like teachers, I don't know. I think sometimes they get bogged down by all, like, all the, extra stuff that's asked of us. I mean, sure. you know, we, we are supposed to be experts in our field so that we can um, teach properly and, and be mm-hmm. truly experts in the classroom that are sharing that knowledge and, and growing more knowledge with our students. But then there's, then there's the pressure of like, well, now you have to learn uh, continuous school improvement goals and you music teacher, you need to contribute to the math goals of the school. What are you going to do right. about math? your classroom what are you going to do miss wootland exactly well i'm going to teach music and math that's what i'm going to do there you go Um, (laughs) well and that's but that's teachers they're like you get bogged down you're like oh you got to do this and you got to do this and the principal wants you to do this and it looks bad if you do that and and there's a lot of pressure that i think people react to differently and when Mm -hmm. people can't stand that pressure and don't know how to sink or swim that's a, that that's the surefire way to like put put the wall up and you know back yeah. away and say that you know it's too much for me to do all of this and I my life is better without it but mm-hmm. I, I don't feel that way um yeah I'm I'm a sink or swim kind of girl and 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 I'm more interested in what's gonna work well for my students so I, well, you, you gotta find you gotta find balance in the force so exactly yeah well, from what I hear, a lot of students feel that way about you as well. So that's that's it's a great thing, especially Sammy. Sammy, do you think that it's important to have more more personable teachers like like Miss Woon who actually care? I mean, this is such an obvious question, but I mean, just yeah, for, no. for like the way you learned as well, because I know you're a guy who like actually likes to talk to people, and you're very yeah, you're a social dude, yeah, yeah, very very social person. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the way with education, the way education's evolving too, and you know, especially right after getting out of a pandemic where. Um, you know, we were stuck on a computer for two and a half mm-hmm. years and you, you notice a lot now with kids who don't necessarily have those social skills. So it's important right. for, you know, teachers to be open, especially at a young, or especially in the high school age when you're starting to, you know, figure yourself out and, um, come into like what the world has to offer. It's important to have, you know, adult, adults, you know, sharing what, what life is, 
careers. Yeah, being people. Just right? have somebody have somebody to talk to you because most of the time, you know, you you you're talking to your teachers more in the day than you are your parents who are, especially for a Dodia, you know, your dad who's deployed or whatnot, your mom who's working all the time. It's important to have you know strong connections with teachers. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I completely agree, man. Miss Miss Woon, did you notice after COVID? Because after COVID, Sammy and I graduated from high school, so we kind of got out of high school and went into college at a really strange, you know, in between time. But it was almost convenient mm-hmm. that we didn't have to take that gap while still in high school, which I know was really difficult for a lot of high schoolers. Did you notice a, a gap academically and socially once you guys got back to in person? Yeah, was it? Yeah, it's it's um, it's it was so. It was so interesting when it first all came crashing down. Um, I, uh, my, my students were uh, about. With like, we we're going to have over a hundred kids on stage performing together. And then the week before just, you know, like that. And so initially it was morning. Um, there were uh, yeah. like it, people were, it was shock. It was morning. And then a colleague of mine said, you know, Erica, your class isn't that important anymore. They need Ooh. to like, yeah, they need to pass their graduation requirements. They need to get through high school, you know, like you can't, you can't have any, you shouldn't have any strict requirements for your kids because music is an elective. I'm sure you took that and very well. I, I took it in stride. Like a, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. 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 I'm back. I'm back. Um, but, uh, it, but I changed that into, okay, well, if you're, Sammy, when he was in music appreciation, we had that song of the week. And so, Okay. I've done that before. How can, how can we change that to help you as a student process what's going on? And my classes, my virtual classes became yeah. at that, at that very first time, just kind of like, this is the song I'm listening to, but here's what's really going on in my heart. And you know, oh. my, but my, my classes yeah. became virtual venting sessions where kids were like, I'm scared. I don't know what to do, but this music is, helping me right now Mm -hmm. and maybe it'll help you too um but then as we as we kind of did a a hybrid situation and then more kids come back um the older kids were more like i'm so ready to be back i'm so excited please Mm -hmm. oh please just have normal class again um and what i'm noticing now that i teach middle and high school right now I teach 11 to 18 year olds Mm -hmm. in the same classroom. And when I, yeah. How does that work? (laughs) I I don't know, but I try real hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, we make it work, but there is a huge gap in social emotional wellness in the younger kids. Um, They, they don't know how to interact with each other. And Mm -hmm. when something goes wrong, they don't know how to respond. And um, so for instance, uh, my first concert in Bahrain, Mm -hmm. I had a a sixth grade girl come in and I, I make my expectations regarding concert attire very clear on the first day. I put it in the syllabus. We talk about it. You know, I've like, 
I do my job. Yeah. She and she came in and her hair was all like all over the place. I, and I not said, colors. <laughs> yeah, and I well, I don't. You can be whatever color you want to be, but if your hair is not up, like I've like put your hair in a ponytail so you're not like oh my god, my hair. <laughs> right? Oh no, hang on, look what I've done. Um, but. This girl came in, she didn't have her hair up. And I said, Hey, do you mind putting your hair in a ponytail? That's what we just want it off your face. So the audience can see you. And so that it doesn't bother you when you're playing your instrument. And she had a complete and utter meltdown just Mm -hmm. on the floor crying. I can't put my hair in a ponytail. I'm so ugly. (laughs) And I I don't know how you do it. (laughs) That's a whole lot of patience. Five minutes to go. And I'm like, um, it's okay. I just don't want you to like accidentally get your hair in your eyeball when you're trying to put your clarinet in your mouth. And like it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just let's just get over this, but full on meltdown. And yeah. there have been other instances like this where just a tiny thing, I and I hope Sammy can attest to this. I'm I, I'm not mean. <laughs> when, when I when I approach these situations, I, I'm I'm not like a guard dog. I'm not angry about it. I'm trying. I'm, you know, how how am I going to get the best results? How am I going to go mm-hmm. about this? And get the result that we all need to move on. But it doesn't always work that way. Um, but there's been a lot of situations like that where just a very 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 small thing tips a student to have a very, very large emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I just think two years of not interacting with people on a real basis um, and interacting via screens has really kind of slowed down p- students' ability to kind of just accept what's going on yeah. and, and, and problem solve quickly and and progress um and it's it's academic as well a lot of uh, I, writing because we we write in music mm-hmm. classes you know we and and we're trying to make sure kids are improving but there's a huge dip in writing mm-hmm. skills because we just how does one teach writing through the internet adequately to a seventh grader yeah. like this these are hard things that people have had to overcome and there's a giant gap. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think the direction of education now is more, you know, how do we fill the gap? How do we fill the gap? These kids back to where they are. And, and yet at the same time, kind of accept that this is a huge part of their life. Now, this is going to be, you know, a, a big memory and a big, like, I mean, writing, even writing letters of recommendation for students after the pandemic, you know, and have, and saying, despite these terrible things, the student was still, you know, trying their best and trying to yeah. proceed. And, you know, they, they want to pursue good, a good life and a good education. So please accept them, you know, yeah. but it's just, but you have to acknowledge it and, and, and you can't hop over it, but it's, it's quite a challenge for sure. Right. So from your perspective, are you trying to actively repair what they've missed, even though it might not be what you normally teach in your curriculum? Or are you just trying to stay your course? You have to, you ha- like, like I said earlier, you've got, you got to educate the whole kid. You, you yeah. have to 
accept them as who they are and where they are and, um, and, and be willing to, you know, like Sammy said, sometimes you just need an adult. That's not your parents. Mm -hmm. You used to end up talking to these people more than you do your own folks. And so how, how, how do I, as an adult, like help, how can, how can Mm -hmm. I help? And it's just, it's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of, you know, in between assignments, like, so how are you? Yeah. How how did, how did that project in your other class go? And did you find that present for your mom for her birthday? I know you Mm -hmm. were thinking about that a lot, you know, it's just being willing to ask enough questions that you can follow up with a student and say, you know, how, how are all the things going? Not just, you know, the thing that you're responsible for me, but and from what I understand, even if they're not going to be the most forthcoming initially, just the fact that you're willing to ask them those questions, that does mean a lot to them. Because it's like, hey, like this person, you know, they care, just like just like Sammy was saying. So it, it definitely makes so. a difference. So COVID aside, I think that something that I'm maybe Sammy can attest to this too, just kids today in general, uh, whether it's the like cell phone, social media addictions that a lot of them have, or just the, the shorter attention spans in general, kids are changing in that way. Does that make it difficult for you in the classroom and as have is that something that you've noticed over the years well um were you guys at kubasaki when dr mallon was there yes i was going to ask you about dr mallon actually oh yes oh, legend gosh what a legend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, but it was a big uh, change yes um mm-hmm. i do, do you both know that he has passed away yes unfortunately yeah, yes unfortunately. That was sad news he, oh man, that man changed my, my life. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he was a legend a hundred percent. You know, he had yeah. that, he had that Kubasaki dad tie because he was, and I, my God, that man, when it was so wonderful when he came in and he said, kids don't need cell phones during class. They need to be in their backpacks or in their locker. They can have yeah. them any other time. And for teachers, that was huge because no other administrator had come in and said, here's the line and we're going to tow this line and we're Mm -hmm. all going to follow these expectations. Um, And there are consequences to these uh, when people don't follow the expectations. And that was huge. And it was so helpful because even then before the pandemic, it just, you know, it's creeping in, it's creeping in. It's it's always there. And yeah, I know you want to post something on Instagram, but oh my God, I'm so much more important right now. So <laughs> yeah. come on, get over yourselves. Mm-hmm. But but now, now because students have become reliant on communicating with almost everybody in a virtual yeah. sense, it, it is more than taking a safety blanket away. It's like taking away the safety blanket and the pacifier and the bottle. It's like, it's yeah. like any form of comfort it's, is personified in this device and i oh i'm gonna show my age i didn't have a cell phone until my freshman year in college and my parents told me you can't have one because you don't need one who are you gonna call us (laughs) it is like (laughs) i can't think wow yeah like but and then, you know, my brother, when he was a sophomore, they were like, sure, here's a cell phone. Yeah, funny how the standards <laughs> change, right? Oh, my gosh. But but I like I, I got through high school without being in communication 
nonstop with my parents and my peers like that. And, and I, when I talk to my students about that, it's like, are you, when you are texting someone else in my class and I'm up here trying to mm-hmm. educate you or tell you a stupid joke or something, you're, you're not here. <laughs> yeah. You're elsewhere and, and you don't care. And that hurts me because I care deeply about you and I care deeply about what I do and, and what we do as a class. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're back. No, you're fine. <laughs> so Sammy was just saying you should be a zoom professional by now. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Today I was like, zoom is owned by China. We will only use Google meet. So yeah. Ooh. Pro move. Pro move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sure Google everything, smooth. yeah, no problem. Zoom, but sorry. <laughs> um, at any rate, like I, it is definitely, yeah. it is definitely a, an issue because mm-hmm. the students are so dependent on on their cell phone now, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, we'd like you to be present. We'd like you to be here in this moment, absorbing as much as you can from this moment, and uh, and when and when you're on your phone, you're elsewhere. And mm-hmm. we don't yeah. want that. Um, and I think, but I, but it's in teachers now too, because teachers have also, you know, we're yeah. humans too. We still have connections. And a lot of times when, um, like when I have a sub or something, I say, thanks so much for being here in my letter when I can't, you know, dear sub, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being dear here sub. when I can't be here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please don't sit on your phone the entire time. Ooh. That won't help the class um, yeah. because so many times I, I'll come happen. back and I'll say, how'd it go? And they're like, oh, the subset in the corner on their phone the entire time. And we just kind of did whatever we want. I'm like, I wrote plans. I took hours out of my day preparing for this. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's, I think it's cultural now that, yeah. and, 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 it, and that's how do we address that? And it starts in schools. Um, so we have to start teaching people that they don't need it all the time mm-hmm. that you can check in with your parents at lunchtime or, you know, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah. It's a really tough line to draw, unfortunately, for, for a lot of kids, because yeah. they really can't comprehend life without it. Uh, they're just, they're growing up with it. It's their main source of communication. I think especially military kids sometimes, because yeah. a lot of times they're talking to friends who may be on the other side of the world, you know, and it's just it's really mm-hmm. difficult for them to understand that they don't need it 24 seven, but it does start with people like, like Dr. Mallon who are able to draw the line and just say, Hey, this is how it's going to be. It's going to suck. You're going to, you know, get withdrawals or whatever from this, from this withdrawals. device. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. literally what it's like. It's crazy. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, it's, it's a really tough situation. I can imagine, especially for teachers who you want to, you want to capture their attention and, you know, you've worked so hard to prepare these plans and to teach them and for them to just seemingly not care. That must be a slap in the face some days that that must be really difficult. Sammy, what do you remember about uh, Dr. Mellon's arrival? Because, well, you, you, wait, you came here the same year as, as he did. So you didn't, I guess you didn't know Kubasaki before him, but uh, just the fact that he was like showing up to our baseball games and stuff. What, what, what what did that mean to you? It, it meant the world because, you know, you had heard stories of the previous principal who just, seem to you know mm-hmm. not care about the anything ex, or any see anything outside of academics and you know I came from a public high school in the states where I had high expectations 
for, you know, the lifestyle of high schoolers and, you know, him putting the ping pong tables in the cafeteria, yeah. him, you know, you know, trying to make homecoming a lot more fun with the floats and whatnot. It, it, mm-hmm. it was just really important for him to recognize like, hey, you guys are on the other side of the world, but I want to give you the opportunity to have, you know, a somewhat normal high school experience because every right. it's it's a huge part of everybody's life. And it's important to important to let kids have those experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And the fact he was just so honest with us about that is like he, he I remember the first day of school, we were in the in the gym and he had the ring of the bell ceremony and he just addressed all of us just like super casually. And he's like, look, these yeah. are the new rules. This is how it's going to go. And we we I think the respect grew from him whenever we start started seeing him deliver on his end of the bargain, you know, like mm-hmm. he wanted higher expectations for us, but then things start changing around the school, like the ping pong tables. And even especially like his, when we got into student council where we, you know, yeah. were recognized more and, you know, he, he, he valued our opinion. That was the crazy thing yeah. about it. Like how genuinely he valued our opinion and was willing to make some of those transitions because at the end of the day, like we're the students, you know, he oversees everything, but we really see what's going on inside of the classrooms, you know, outside of how athletics mm-hmm. are. Looking. And he, he wanted it all. He wanted the whole shebang. Yeah. He, he talked to us too, like <laughs> one-on-one, which really, it's, yeah. it was a really cool thing. And, and the culture change just immediately was, was such a cool thing is going from, you know, this rundown school that resembled nothing of a stateside experience to someone who's really trying to establish that for us. So Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was really cool having Doc Mal show up. Yeah. Doc, he was, he was he was just he was just amazing, and mm-hmm. I I still talk about him with my with my colleagues, you know, and yeah. because a lot, a lot of teachers ask, you know, do you work with this administrator? Every it always seems like when you come to a new place, like, do you know this person or did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's like, well, you know, I'd rather talk about the the, the good experiences I've had. And Dr. Mowen is top of the list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we, we're running out of time just a little bit. I, I don't know if Sammy's going to drop on us, but I do want to talk a little bit about your, yeah, I know. We, we no, it's so, so we got a, we got we're a good? foot of snow last night. So my appointment got pushed back even more. Awesome. So good. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Great news. All right. Then let's talk a little bit more about Kubisaki. Do you, because we kind of skipped over your, your early teaching career and I know you worked with elementary school students <laughs> and then you went to high school students. So you're, you're a versatile, versatile teacher. You're an academic weapon, as they'd say. <laughs> Sorts of experience. Yeah, you, you use that one. Put that in your bio. That, that's great. Um, do you remember your, your arrival to Okinawa and getting to Kubasaki? I always like hearing people's initial reactions to the school and the environment and uh, just just the island life. Well, I gotta I gotta prompt you with a little bit of my my first Dodea experience. Um, sure. So I was hired right out of college and. Yeah to teach elementary school music in Seoul, South Korea. And mm-hmm. when I got there, they said, <laughs> <laughs> they, oh man, Seoul. Oh, they, when, they, when I got there, they said, don't get comfortable. The school will be gone in three years. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Is it, it's gone now, right? I, in, uh, Seoul is now gone. It's yeah, all but... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but when I got there, they said, here's your music room. And it was 
a portable building that was established in the late 60s that had been condemned three times. It had rats in the ceiling when I came in and it had no heating or air conditioning except for one portable unit. So I couldn't have my kindergarten students take off their mittens in the winter um, because it was 48 degrees in the classroom. And the awning was separate from the building. So when the snow came and it started to melt, it would drip onto the door handle. And when I would arrive in the winter, my door handle would be encased in ice. And the first time this happened, I called the office and I said, I can't get into my room. My door handle is encased in ice. (laughs) And they're like, we'll call supply. So they, they call supply and he shows up with a hammer and a chisel and he gives them to me. Here you go. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so here I am, like 23. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, my door handle so I can get in and teach little kids music. Like, what is this? <laughs> um, so that was like, oh, is this what Dodea is? Like, what have I done? <laughs> but I mean, like, structurally, not so sound. Kids, fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And so... And But uh, after five years of living in a densely, densely populated city, I was really ready for the total opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my, my goal, my, my dream has always been to teach in Europe because that's where I was a Dodea kid. And um, it hasn't happened yet, but um, hang on. On the horizon, who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh so when I applied for my transfer to Okinawa, I wrote the continent of Europe. I said anything in Europe. And then I went, well, maybe Okinawa would be cool. I mean, I went there for a TDY. People seem nice. It's a nice island. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okinawa. And, uh, and that's what I got. High school Spanish. <laughs> high school Spanish from elementary school music to high school Spanish in Okinawa. And so walking in, I was like, oh, God. gotta wear my gotta wear my high heel shoes because i gotta be taller than some of these boys and Mm -hmm. like look down on them you do what i say yeah and and teach them all in spanish and um and at the time it was just me and senora menendez teaching spanish and she's horrible (laughs) sammy no it's not what we're doing stop it but unfortunately (laughs) Unfortunately, teachers get reputations with kids. It's just how it is. And so this is true. Um, and, and so when I came in, I got to teach four Spanish one classes and one Spanish two. And when I came into Kubasaki, they're like, here's your room. And it was filled with prom decorations because the previous teacher was in charge of prom and she used the classroom as her storage unit for I I mean, like there were fake parrots, there were balloons, there were streamers, there was like just stuff stuff everywhere. And I was like, well, you couldn't clean up before you left. And just, so I I walked into Kumasaki, here's your room. It's filled with prom decorations and, uh, and stuff. And, and do you want to do prom? I'm like, I've never taught high school before. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> and um, in that first year, I had one class of Spanish one where it was um, 
26 students and 24 of them were freshman boys. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and my within the first month of school, about 16 papers came in with a very lovely drawing on them of a phallus on mm-hmm. my homework sheets that boys sent in to me. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to fly. Welcome to the <laughs> Welcome, yeah, welcome to Kubasaki. Let me show you how good of an artist I am in Spanish. That's tough. <laughs> oh man, it, it was rough. And I uh-huh. took pictures, sent them to parents, said, This is what your child submitted on their homework. They yeah. were like, mm. Oh my God. She and did not. And one of my favorite things about military families is that they've seen it all and Mm -hmm. they're, and they are, they're not, Oh, that's never my child. Oh, my child could never do that. Oh, that's impossible for my child to do that. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a very uh, initially very negative experience that turned into a very positive experience because I got to grow um, relationships with parents and that turned into don't mess with Miss Wooten and um <laughs> and yeah. then and then after we got over that it was smooth sailing and i genuinely enjoyed loved teaching at kubasaki mm. i just you know yeah it's an old building it's been there a whole long time and oh, yeah. even even when i got there they were like yeah don't get comfortable it's going to be gone in 5 years and it's still there <laughs> you know? yeah. it's the legend and, that keeps growing <laughs> It does. It really, and you can't. I mean, we're fu- we're fueling it. Um, but so it was. My first my first experiences at Kubasaki were interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. But then it all kind of grows on you. Then then it just you know. And with each administrator who has added to the building to improve it to make it feel better to make it more welcoming, um, and then. Uh, when I when I became a full time music teacher there, um, having we are the one of the only schools in the Pacific that had a real theater where yeah. kids could perform on on a real stage with with real. I mean, like now, you know, working in a cafetorium as my stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, we had a nine hundred seat auditorium. That yeah, yeah. okay, it was. Old. And, yeah, and the, and it's not it wasn't perfect, but my goodness, what a what a wonderful asset for kids, and it just you know, and an open air between the classrooms or between the buildings. I mm-hmm. I went to a high school where everything was one building and you couldn't go outside, and that opportunity to you know walk between classes and get some fresh air and eat outside and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that is important to kids and, and to adults to, to have that kind of change in the middle of the day. But Kubasaki hands down was just, you know, highlight of my career so far and 10 years there went in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I miss it. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really do. I, um, I'm glad, I'm glad we moved and, you know, that military kid thing, 10 years. I've never lived 10 years anywhere in my entire life. Yeah. Like, yeah, that must've been bizarre. It's like, it's like home all of a sudden, even though it's in such a far away place from, you know, where a lot of people consider to be home. But it's, 
but it was, I think Okinawa has that, like, you know, like we, we talked about that initially it's that family, that military family that envelops you when you come in and mm -hmm. then it's getting to know the place and the beauty and then getting to, you know, problem solve in an old building where, you know, it's just, it's just never going to be perfect. So you do mm -hmm. the best you can. And, and we did, you know, I think you guys were there when we did some school beautification projects and that's sure. I'm sure we took part. Oh, sure. I, yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to. Well, and I mean, but that's, you know, teaching students to, to take ownership of the building as well as yeah. what they're doing within the building. And that that's special. And I think, you know, once a dragon, always a dragon. And yeah. Uwasaki has that no matter who's in the building. That's that's how it feels, hopefully mm -hmm. for most kids anyway. Don't write threats on the bathroom stalls, right, Sammy? Do you remember that uh, little incident? <laughs> that was that was in your building. <laughs> I that was when we were at Far East, actually, at the time. So I was going to say, uh, I don't remember anybody. Or I don't remember that. Yeah, we were I at Far East. I remember my but... sophomore year, Cameron McCall kicked down the bathroom door and Dr. Mellon came in. And <laughs> that was funny. I'm, sh I'm sure. Um, so that is a strange thing in that whenever you go somewhere to teach, do you know at all how long you're going to be there? Like, is there a certain length initially that you know? It's just whatever. Because I know a lot of Kusaki teachers, it's like they've been there their entire life. Well, and that's, so it's, it's, it's so interesting because when, when I first, like a Dodea teacher made me want to mm -hmm. be a Dodea teacher. I, when I was in Italy, I had the greatest fifth grade teacher. We are, our, our fifth grade trip was to Florence and we, awesome. yeah, and we have to, <laughs> yeah, well, that fifth grade trip and like the boy of my dreams was like, can I kiss you on the cheek in the middle of the ballet? Cause you have like fifth grade in Florence on your trip. That's what little boys ask. <laughs> like, they do, yeah. But Oh my gosh. <laughs> such like that having that experience, even at like 11 years old, I was like, I want to be this teacher. I want to take, I want to go on mm -hmm. trips and take kids to places. And this is the life I want to lead. And we, we, Initially, when you like when I got into Dodea, there was opportunities, many opportunities, yearly opportunities for teachers to apply to move. And it all depended on how long you had been where. Like like if you had been in Dodea for mm -hmm. 15 years and you were in, you know, an undesirable location, then you're at the top of the stack to get a chance to move. And now that's completely gone away. And um, so we are seeing a lot more people staying put and making mm -hmm. careers out of one high school overseas when a lot of us signed up for this so that we could have the opportunity to move so that we could go to new places with our job. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I got Bahrain is because I looked on usajobs.gov. Like I was, wow. was like, you know, what? it's time to move. I need to. Yeah. And I I don't know when a transfer round is going to be available to me. So let's shoot the moon and see what happens. And now I'm here. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you don't know. You don't know how long you're going to be somewhere and you just kind of have to make the most of it and do and do what you can. Right. So what, what is this move? You've been there for over a year now, right? I, I'm getting a little confused. Yeah. A year and a month. Yeah. A year and a month. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Barely. 
So what has this year? So I would say you could still be transitioning. What has it been like thus far? Because I mean, polar opposites, I can imagine. Both islands, you said, both islands uh, between Okinawa and Bahrain. But other than that, I can imagine there's quite a few differences for you and your family living uh, living over there. Um, You know, Okinawa and Japanese culture is an Okinawan culture. It's it's really it's really it's really beautiful, Um, Mm. and. and, and here, my very first introduction to life in Bahrain was coming through the airport. I walked up to the customs, the immigration officer, and I gave mm-hmm. them my orders and all of my paperwork with my name on it. Because my, my husband is, is not, he's like, he, he worked for um, MCCS while we were in mm-hmm. Okinawa, but the primary job is me. A phenomenal and, substitute teacher, I might add. I had a great class with oh, Mr. Koya's building. <laughs> I mean, just world class. Well, he he and Koya are best friends, and they're uh, oh mm. man, <laughs> they get along very very well. Yeah, it seemed like it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and so when he wasn't substitute teaching, like he was working for MCCS, and he's you know mm. his job has been secondary to mine because mine has been kind of the the pillar, but that's hard to believe in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So I came to immigration and with all of my paperwork and with my name on top and my dependents listed as the two boys in my house. And they looked at my husband and said, what do you do? And he said, I am here with my wife. My wife is the teacher. My wife has the job. And he kept looking, the immigration officer kept looking at my husband said, your name is not up here on the paperwork. My husband said, no, you need to talk to my wife. It is her job. Mm-hmm. And, and he looked at me and he looked at the paper and he looked at my husband. And he looked at me <laughs> and he looked at the paper and then he disappeared. And he went to one of those, you know, walls that, that he went to a door that looks like a wall and kind of disappeared in the airport. Oh. <laughs> and then came back and we're like, what, what? do we what <laughs> and he Not came back with, country. yeah yeah we're standing there like, like you know traumatic i gotta tell you leaving the jungle of okinawa to landing in the sand of bahrain i was, yeah. I was having a little moment on the plane like oh god <laughs> and then i walk, <laughs> walk in and they're like who's this broad with a job what? <laughs> and they they came back with a higher level person who mm-hmm. again talked to my husband and said what is your job here i and he i don't have a job here my wife is the job you we've been over this yeah yes and he looked at me he said what do you do and i said i am a teacher for the department of defense education activity i am here with the united states navy i would like to go and do my job and he looked down and in we went and wow yeah that that was quite the introduction yeah quite the introduction and but my assistant principal met us at baggage claim and was very welcoming and drove us to our hotel and said see you tomorrow because when you transfer in the middle of the school year you arrive and then you start work the next day awesome yeah it was it was something um um so cultural, a little bit of culture shock. Mm-hmm. And then coming into, coming into Bahrain uh, school, 
was the, the, the music room is named after the most former teacher who was there for 28 years. And then, wow. yeah, he quit, um, the, the year the pandemic started. Um, and then they've had these students have had two years of subs in a pandemic, two years did, of subs. Oh, Yes. This and that's the thing with, and I'm totally going to make a plug for Bahrain here is that it's it is a difficult place for some to live, but it's so difficult to keep teachers here for these kids, um, yeah. because it's it's very easy for some people. Some people, you know, get the six thousand square foot mansion with their own private pool and an elevator, and they're like, oh, this is mm-hmm. the lap of luxury. I'm so happy. Nothing can ruin it. And then there are people who are like, I, I, this is not the, the right place for me and I need to get out of here. And then these poor kids are left with two years of substitutes. Yeah. And so uh, coming into this position for me, I, I've never taught middle school before. And here I am coming into kids who are kind of shell shocked from a pandemic and haven't had a real music teacher for two years. And it's like, Okay. They must be happy to see you. Yeah, this must be a relief. <laughs> it, and teacher you know, back-to-back days? What? Yeah, wait a minute. We don't, this isn't normal. No, and she's in person? She's real? Yeah. It was, in that, for me, that, that was nice to be able to come into that, but so hard for the kids. I mean, and in as much as they're excited to be able to be with a teacher who's here and mm-hmm. wants to teach them and is invested in them. They've kind of forgotten about how, you know, how to work and mm-hmm. <laughs> what they need to do to be successful. Right. So it's kind of retraining people and, you know, reestablishing routines and, and helping, but it was, so initially big, big shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, and, and, but the, the, kid culture here the students at the school like I said having the dorm and um student students who are wearing a hijab and um students who are local they are Bahraini and their parents pay for them to have an American education and then the military students the military only makes up 45 percent of the school so it's a very different ball game and it's but it's cool because these kids come from so many different walks of life, but they all want an American education or as close to what that is that they can have yeah. here. Um, and they're, and, and they're fighting for it and, and it's nice. So I'm, I am ceaselessly impressed by my students and, and I really enjoy them. Um, but it otherwise, whoo. <laughs> yeah. Quite the challenge. <laughs> Well, the 45%, that, that really surprises me. I never would have, I never even thought about just how different the student populations would be from, like, you know, stop to stop across the world. You know, you would think that a yeah. lot of day schools would be similar in that aspect, but I guess, I guess that's not the case. Do you notice a difference just in morale of the students uh, in comparison to Okinawa? Like, is that something that you've noticed, you know, being in, in the desert? I'm not trying to like put it down or anything, but like it's, no, it's, no, no, it's no. directly contrasting from Okinawa in a lot of ways. Well, I think um, now, now that things are opening up, I mean, yeah, I, I'm able to go to Germany for music festivals with my students three times a year. If they, three times. Whoa, yeah. wait a minute. Sweet deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, 
well, and that's <laughs> well, and but the, and they don't have a football team. Um, the school's so small. There's there's not a football team. There's very sadly not a baseball team. Um, is there soccer? <laughs> um, there is soccer. Okay. Yeah, soccer is extremely important. Uh, like this part of the world, it's it's very very popular. Yeah. Well, the um, world Cup just yeah 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 lots Pretty of close. Cool land. Yeah. this 12 hour drive through the desert down to Qatar from here <laughs> but uh it's it's it is it's very different in the sense that um religious beliefs are much more a part of the conversation in mm-hmm. students with teachers with planning um in in Okinawa you know the the after school life was there are a lot more opportunities um in terms of extracurriculars and um but but still having that relatively isolated feel and that's that's the same case here um but but opportunities are much more limited there aren't nearly as many clubs or after school sports um there uh, are a lot of international schools here but during the pandemic, you know, a lot of those relationships broke down and then a lot of the staff turned over. And so now it's kind of the regrowth time. Like how do we reestablish relationships with the international schools and start getting some Mm -hmm. exchanges going Um, and kind of getting kids to interact more with what's around them instead of just coming to this, you know, this ba- this this school that's not on the base it's on its own piece of land that's you know gotcha. fenced in with barbed wire and armed guards and uh, big you know <laughs> big bomb proof doors that are so heavy to open it's so <laughs> it's it's very different um, yeah so, but i it, yeah it's a, a lot of things a lot of things are very very different here and and of course you can't really do things outside for six months of the mm-hmm. year because it is hot. hot. Like, right. Different, okay, different type I, of heat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I had some serious humidity and yeah, we had feels like temperatures in like the hundreds, but yeah. here it's like, it is a 115 degrees and it feels like 131 with the humidity. Yeah. No. Oh, oh my gosh. So um, it's, it's how people have coped and managed to survive and, and make a way of life here is, is very interesting. But I would say that this, the students are, they're, they're adaptable. They're, yeah. Well, this, this is where we are. This is what it is. What are we going to do? Let's do something. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. Um, it's I really think impressive. A lot more, and, and truly, I think in Okinawa kids, because there were so many opportunities, I was like, nah, eh, mm-hmm. I don't really have to if I don't want to. But here it's like, well, you do, you have to do something or you won't have friends, you know, you yeah. won't have opportunities to grow or have fun. So I think, I think the, the population in terms of students here is a, a, a lot more adaptable, a lot more ready to try new things and kind of like force themselves out there because they have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just part of what makes Dodea students really impressive in my eyes, just being able to do that. And, you know, there's, there's, you can prepare all you want. You can do all your research, but nothing (laughs) compares to actually, you know, getting there, like you said, and then getting stopped in the airport or something like that, or feeling the 130 degree heat, I can imagine. 
Um, we, we, we could absolutely talk to you all day. This is, this is such a cool conversation, but I really have to wrap it up here soon. I, I have uh, just a few more questions. No uh, what do you hope to teach students just overall, other than, you know, music or, or Spanish? Well, what is some like a lesson that you really want students to have from your classroom? And then we'll see if Sammy uh, learned it. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Trixie, Trixie, Shannon. Um, oh, man. Honestly, at the end of the day, I want kids to feel like they're they're better because of what they've done in my mm -hmm. class, like that they have, they have learned and they are, they have a new skill and they want to continue that new skill. Um, my ISS, that's the instructional system specialist. Oh, I thought that was in school suspension. What? Yeah. 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 My experience taught me one thing, right? <laughs> My so my old there's there's like the, a fine arts boss um, mm -hmm. and uh, for each region um, and so my fine arts boss in the Pacific his name is um, Nathan McCoy and he said you know he was working on how do we you know what's going to be like the slogan for fine arts and it's um, wanting creating students who want to participate in the arts for their life to become lifelong participants in the arts. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my goal at the end of the day. And in terms of music, like I, I want my students to go away wanting to continue to participate in music and wanting to continue to be a part of that and keep it alive in their life. And, um, and in Spanish, I mean, I, Spanish is such an interesting, it's such a different ball game because it's a graduation requirement. And yeah, a year of, a year of fine arts is a grad requirement, but a lot of the kids that are in there are in there because they truly love music and, yeah. and learning about fine arts. But in Spanish, I have to do this because my parents want me to and because <laughs> I have to graduate, like, como estas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So you, you have to find the you have to find the thing that will hook them in and make them a want to survive and b hopefully want to continue it at some level yeah. and use their Spanish in a real world setting. So if somehow Sammy, you have used your Spanish <laughs> in a real world setting, I'm proud. <laughs> he he did use it all the time driving his rusty bug around uh, Camp Foster. Uh -huh. He'd be just shouting random Spanish phrases that he learned and uh, certainly Miss Wooten's class. So there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, all the random ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dios mio, right, Sammy? Oh yeah. <laughs> One of your favorites. Yeah. Um, uh. Wow, this has been so much fun. My last question, if Sammy has anything else as well, would be uh, what advice do you have for aspiring Dodea teachers? Because a lot of military kids who probably listen to this podcast, they're getting a little bit older. That's something that they want to do. Uh, hopefully, they want to become Dodea teachers themselves. So is there anything that you have for them? Yes. Any advice? Do it. Yeah. Do, do it. it. <laughs> do it. Just don't, don't let a lot of especially when you, when you get your first position, mm -hmm. there are people who want to rain on your parade. And unfortunately, nine times out of 10, those are the people you meet first. Like coming to Bahrain, when I got to the school, I, I met some people and, um, and some of them were like, well, yeah, you know, everyone is so welcoming. And then, and then it's like, so 
it's totally crap here and you should totally plan your exit plan and you don't want to be here that way. <laughs> and it's like, oh, nice to meet you too. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but my, my, my best piece of advice is to go for it and don't let people get in your, don't let negative attitudes get in your way. If you have a goal in your heart, go for it and don't let anyone get in your way. Work for it. The, the best things in life require hard work and yeah, it, the, the road sometimes is hard, but it's, it's so worth it. And being a, a Dodea teacher has been the, one of the greatest things in my life. Now that I have a kid, I can't really say it's mm-hmm. the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. I'm sure. But yeah. It's it, genuinely having, having been a military kid and now seeing it from another side, from a civilian side and also, but, but also being able to work with these kids who some will thrive and some will struggle Mm -hmm. and being able to talk to them and be real with them and encourage them like that at the end of the day, that is so good. That is so good for them to have a teacher that they can trust and can talk to and just let it all out and not be afraid of being judged. And, you know, like Sammy can probably tell you there's, you know, it's like, Sometimes some things were said in the room that had to just stay in the room. <laughs> really? It's, it's just, it's just creating kids need to have that place where they know that they can just be themselves mm-hmm. and, and it's okay. And I think in Dodea, there are more people who care about students being able to be themselves and grow as who they are and what they are and what they want to be. I think this is, this is the system where there are more people who care about encouraging that than anywhere else. Well, that's a great thing. Well said. Sammy, anything from you, buddy? Well, I was just going to ask how, how your son likes living over there. I mean, obviously (laughs) he's going to learn to appreciate it as he gets older, but you know, it's, it's it's a, it's, he must be so much older now. I remember him crawling around Mr. Coy's classroom floor during lunch while I was cramming to study for the quizzes. Oh my god, he's he's five. Can you? Oh wow! wow. <laughs> yeah, he's he's five years old. And I'm gonna do a total mom thing here and show you a picture of a picture. Like, <laughs> look at that little guy. Oh, oh look, look at him go! Look I at like the knee pads. Yeah. Forget, the, forget the baseball player. Wait, is this hockey, hockey potential? Yeah, Sammy. Yeah. Capitalize ah, on this buddy. No. Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> we still play catch. No, we, uh, you know, like there, he, that's the cool thing I think about growing up overseas is that there are the opportunities. If you give them and share them mm-hmm. are endless. You know, if you're willing to, to go to an ice rink in Bahrain, like where nobody knows what they're doing and you're like, uh-huh. oh, whatever, you know, it's fine. Um, but my son is actually, he missed the cutoff for Dodea kindergarten by two months mm-hmm. because, oh. you know, they're very strict on those rules. So, yeah. but he's a smart little cookie. So we decided to uh, put him in international kindergarten. All right. He is the lone American boy in a class full of um, Bahraini and Pakistani students. Yeah. And it's all, and he wears he wears a little Harry Potter uniform. It's very cute. Yeah, <laughs> and, Potter, you know. <laughs> but um, in in schools here, it is mandatory to take Arabic studies and Islamic studies. But he is not allowed to participate in those classes because he is not a Muslim. Huh. So 
this really interesting experience that he could have and learn learning Arabic and learning about the the Islam culture and the mm-hmm. Muslim religion um, is not afforded to him in his international school because he yeah, is not a Muslim. So it's just it's just so interesting. I, I'm he will come to Dodea. He, he will be at my school next year when he mm-hmm. is of age. Um, but this, this experience so far, I mean, it's, it's been very, very interesting for him as well. And he, 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 you know, he, he points out the Bahraini flag. Oh, that's the Bahraini flag. That's the kingdom of Saudi Arabia flag. That's the Pakistani flag. And Mm -hmm. he knows more about the flags in this region of the world than anywhere else. He's, you know, he's been to the States for a grand total of like eight weeks. Yeah, I was saying, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I I grew up overseas and, and I really enjoyed it. And and I'm I'm hoping that he will too, because yeah. I I don't have any intention of uh, teaching. <laughs> <Move things. laughs> yeah. Europe's I really, next. What are we talking about? He's exactly yeah. that's that's right. Europe's next. So mm-hmm. um and we took you know, and, and that's the thing about moving here is that we were able to spend the entire summer in Europe, taking our son yeah. to, you know, to London, to the top of the Eiffel Tower, to Switzerland, to just, you know, showing him the world. And that, that is what I want for him is I want to, I want for him to see the world and know the world and, and to grow up in that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, well, hopefully that works yeah. out. <laughs> I'm sure he'll see it as a net positive as you did moving around and growing up too. So it's going to be a lot of cool experiences. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's what it's all about, right? In other words, <laughs> tough yeah. situation. But but you both have turned out to be very fine young gentlemen. So look at you. You have yeah. lots to be proud. You hear that, Sammy? Gents, gents. After Darn right, <laughs> gents, right here. Yep. No dogs. Yes, just gents. No, no, Whoa! she watched that one. Oh, oh, no, she knows the lore. We got to shut it down, guys. We uh, this is getting too far. <laughs> Um, thank you both so much for joining uh, the show today. We, I mean, this has just been really neat. And just hearing your perspective on Dodea teachers and teaching strategies and today's students, it's, um, I hope it, a lot of people enjoy it. So thank you so much, uh, Sammy and Aaron. Thank you. Anytime.